Okay, we are now recording, and this is another Outbound Nights. Nights episode. This is a nice. It was weird because I thought you were coming in with energy on the on the intro like you normally do. Like we are now, and then I was like, "Why is he so mellow?" <laughs> I, I immediately jumped down octaves. That's what I did. But this is nights twenty eight. Twenty eight. Oh my gosh! After like eleven years, only twenty eight of them. That's that's wild. And an, an episode I'm dubbing "The Air Up There in Oregon." Oh, Kevin Bacon's here. All right. <laughs> he auditioned. Uh, for uh, Dolores Jordan, Jordan, for Dolores Jordan's part, he didn't get it. Oh wow, that that actually would make a lot of sense because he is kind of the protective, uh, protective coach in the air up there, so to speak. So it makes sense. You know? mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Uh, Matthew Mayer, though, who plays Pete Moore, who designed the shoe, offer only, no additions. Um, <laughs> After he got his head blown off and gone, maybe gone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he says he's in all of Ben Affleck's movies. He just says, you know, sign me up, coach. Right. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> sign me up, coach. Yeah. Sorry, sign me up, coach. That's what he says. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's got English. like a, he's got a cleft lip. Good for him as far as like, yeah. he, has a, he has a wide variety of roles. <laughs> like, yeah, he shows up for like one scene in Lady Bird just to tell her what day it is. Yeah. He's all <laughs> it's Sunday. <laughs> um. Anyway, we're talking the movie Air. Uh, for this night's episode, so we're going to go. We're going to talk about the thank you, the the Ben Affleck directed Air uh, film. But before before we get into that, Abe, I have a question for you. Yes, hit it. What kinds of shoes were you rocking when you were a child? When I was a child, I was yes. rocking Payless and Big Five, baby. Those aren't brands. What what are you talking? No, about? they're what not. Were you, what do you what were you wearing? I didn't have any. I didn't have any cool brands growing up. The first Jordans that I got. I was like 36 years old. I got them like three years ago. When you were making big boy money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, I didn't I didn't have uh, name brand shoes for like all of elementary school. I think I got my first Nikes when I was in junior high. And those were because my cousin was telling me that I've got to be cool. Um, and be. I should spend some of like, my birthday money on some Nikes. And, you know, it's fine. Like, as you get older... I guess you become more aware of brands, especially in high school. But yeah, dude, like growing up in elementary school, nothing really. And then, yeah, as you get uh, into your teens, I'm sure it becomes a little bit more uh, of a cool factor. So you you start getting some some shoes. And, and now that I'm in my late you know 30s, I'm just like, oh, uh, I definitely know a ton about shoe lines. I definitely know like the takedown models full on you know um the top of the shelf shoes and what have you but uh, i i don't i don't spend monstrously on shoes this is a great question how about you what were what was your intro into shoes uh, well i've been a vans man my entire life vans man okay <laughs> I, yeah i i enjoy my vans and an um, oc brand at, yes an oc brand exactly but um I would like when I was before I had like control over this to some degree, or at least like the ability to say yes and no. Um, I believe I was given like Converse sometimes, like I had some uh-huh. Converse. I believe I had some Reeboks because I can remember the pump thing on the. On the oh, top. nice, Dave uh, Chappelle which, style, which definitely worked. Um, <laughs> really, it gave me it gave me hops. So, oh wow, yeah, like, that's that's what it was for, I believe. Right, it just just gave you that extra. It was it was also to like it was uh basically like a pump lacing system as well. So it put pressure on your feet. Yeah, really, really, really uh changed the game. <laughs> Those did. <laughs> uh but no, for the most part, vans. I've always been a, a vans. Yeah. I have vans now. I have other things also, but I mainly still have <laughs> and I rock my vans. There you go. And they'd have a, t- a ton of collaborations with other brands throughout the years, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um and do have... you have any of those models? 
Um, I mean, I have like, like I guess the newest like brand that I have associated with it is the a Tribe Called Quest vans that I got when they're new. Oh, album what? Dropped. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. When they released their late their their last album, um, yeah, that there was some uh, a collaboration with Vans was pretty awesome because I'm like, great, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, yes, I want a Tribe Called Quest. That's Vans. pretty cool. I, I thought yeah. so for sure. Um. Everything else is generally like skater stuff, as far as the, the association they have. There, I was like named after some skater or a surfer or something. Right. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have any other ones that I like know offhand beyond just whatever random person. But even then, Got some it. of those have like their like name on them or whatever. I don't generally get like the ones that have like you know Rodney Mullen's name on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, Rodney, uh, uh, eight time soapbox uh, derby champ. I saw Rodney Mullen at uh, at Miami. He was one of the speakers at the convention, oh. at the business convention I was at. <laughs> when you got your uh, stingray bites, exactly. When I yeah, when I got bit by the jellyfish, um, <laughs> it was uh, it was neat to see him presenting in that scenario. That's also That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's also a really well spoken person. I can see why he does there these talks. Go. <laughs> Good yeah. for Rodney Mullen. Him and... I mean, his speaking fee is not cheap. I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah, but he and T Hawk yeah. just business ventures. Just, uh... T Hawk, I know he's like pushing sixty, like still doing everything, still still doing it. Yeah, still, still cutting it up. Still cutting it. <laughs> that's, up. What, that's what skaters say, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's what that. You tell me, you're you're the OC guy. <laughs> still uh, thrashing it to sixty. I just I'm just making adding a number for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Was he a thrasher guy? Anyway, <laughs> great, great conversation on skate shoes. Yes, I have vans. <laughs> so vans. Okay. Yeah. I just I bought some new vans recently at Payless, no less. At Payless? Payless yeah. had vans? They did. They yeah. You know, all those shoe stores have like you know random brands like lying around. And yeah, I saw some va- the vans like you know the like eight vans that they had. I saw a pair. I'm wow. like, this is actually pretty nice. Okay. So I got them. All right, there you go. I love a girlfriend encouraged me. He's like, yeah, they look nice. I'm like, good. I'm gonna get them because <laughs> I make big boy money too, Abe. Not just you, <laughs> so I can <laughs> so, so I can buy vans if I went at my pleasure. <laughs> You're telling me that we went to college not to make big boy money? There you go. There uh, you as, go. Lo- as long as it was established that we're not just making money, we're making big boy money. That's what's, <laughs> that's what's key. And I'm not talking no Atlanta outcast dollars either. We're pro- talking big boy money. <laughs> Because we're tall, taller than we were when we were kids. Oh, okay. I was thinking you were talking about Big Boy, the rapper. Yeah, not Big uh, Boy Bucks and Andre Andre Euros. Andre Andre three thousand Euros. Yeah. <laughs> this is a weird tangent. <laughs> Just picturing the money. I mean, Big Boy is like five, 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 six. You know, we got we got some Big Boy money. <laughs> it's like a five hundred dollar bill. And it's got Big Boy's face on it. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he actually has that somewhere in his house. All right, so we've got the <laughs> out now shoe corner. Oh, we're doing the, the tangent. <laughs> Once I caught my breath, I realized, okay, we're dead. <laughs> so let's so uh, let's get to it. let's get to our review for Air. People don't know what the hell a Nike is. What's a Converse? NBA All Star shoe. There's nothing cool about Nike. You would have to have a pretty compelling pitch. I can tell them the one thing the other companies can't compete with. Our basketball division is terrible. I do not love it. This is where you come up with a brilliant idea that no one else can see. Let's hear it. I got it. I found him. Who's that? Jesus? Can't afford it. I'm willing to bet my career on one guy. My name's Sonny Vaccaro. I'm with Nike. Do you typically make it a habit of showing up at people's front doors unannounced? I don't like to take no for an answer. Oh, man. Here we go. You ask me what I do here. This is what I do. I find you players, and I feel it this time. 
Yeah, okay, it's risky. When you were selling sneakers out of the back of your Plymouth, that was risky. Don't change that now. For a rookie? Yes. Who's never set foot on an NBA court. That's the literal definition of rookie. Yeah. What's the plan? We build a shoe line around just him. I need the greatest basketball shoe that's ever been made. Who's the player? Michael Jordan. All right. That should have been some of the trailer for Air. Uh, this is a biopic that's based around the efforts for Nike back in the 1984 to sign on rookie Michael Jordan in an effort to boost their shoe division uh, and their basketball, sorry, their basketball shoe division and basically revolutionize uh, the game uh, as far as signing on players and the associated uh, sponsorship goes. I usually write this down. Now it's like going by the seat of my No, no, no. This is an ads episode, man. This is off the top. (laughs) Uh, How dare you be prepared as a podcast host? Various efforts are involved from Matt Damon, Sonny Vaccaro, as well as various other execs working at Nike at the time, including, of course, CEO Phil Knight, played by Ben Affleck. Uh, The movie is, this is the first effort from the new um, production company that's headed by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Um, What's that company called? It is... Uh, Oh, it is uh, Artist Equity. Yes. Artist Equity. And it's uh, debuting via Amazon in like 3,000 theaters this weekend. So instead of just being a straight-to-streaming effort from amazon this is a like a wide release it's some somewhat experimental not just not to just simple from like what soderbergh was trying to do when like logan lucky came out as far as putting in something but except this is a much more expensive movie than logan lucky was so yeah uh, with all of this in mind abe i want to know what did you think of air uh i like air i don't know if i love it but i like air i like the people involved uh, i like that ben affleck and matt damon are, are back together kind of just kind of pushing each other to some degree. And I like that this is a story about uh, well, artist equity to some degree as well, uh, in, a, in a sort of like a third person kind of sub metatextual way. Uh, but what I love about it is the vibes. I love the vibes of this movie. I love that you're just here with these people and you're kind of just going on this like really mini journey of trying to sign Michael Jordan. It's not even about Michael Jordan necessarily per se. I mean, he's, he shows up, to some degree, but it's kind of just more about these other folks that are here. Um, and the reason why I like it and I don't love it is because I think when I'm thinking about it away from the from watching it and away from thinking about, again, the vibes that I mentioned earlier, I'm just like, I guess this movie is, it has something to say if I were to think hard about it. And I, and I guess that this is about something. And uh, But at the end of the day, I'm also just like, I I what was what was the full on motivation besides you know helping Nike's basketball division become incredibly substantial and and huge? But yeah, so that's where I am overall with air. I, I really like it. I don't know if I'm gonna necessarily say it's gonna get into some Oscar discussions, which if it does, fantastic, great for it. Uh, but yeah, what about you? Um, I really like this movie. I think it's deceptively simple as far as mm-hmm. how effective it is at what it's doing because I agree with you. I think the the, the the main joy of this movie is just being able to watch a lot of good actors act together mm-hmm. in a script that isn't about the highest stakes possible because how could it be? It's about the story of Air Jordans, which exist. So it's like we know this is going to happen. Knowing all the details, as told in this film, dramatized as they may be, certainly there's something to learn for people that aren't, you know, completely in the know on how this all came to be as far as Nike and Jordan's collaboration. But mm-hmm. 
I I think it's able to get past that because it just has a great lineup of actors doing their job and Ben Affleck is doing what he needs to as far as directing this thing. It's not a, you know, it's not a 10th thriller in the same way Argo was or The Town. And it's Mm -hmm. not delving into, you know, high drama in the way Gone Baby Gone does. Instead, it's a movie that is not too dissimilar from what you would get in, you know, something Aaron Sorkin could could, could cook up at his best. Now, I think what stops this short is because it's not, it's um, writer Alex Convery. And I'm not saying that like Aaron Sorkin could have made this amazing, but I do think the Sorkin scripts at their best when you talk about like the social network or yeah. Moneyball to an extent or what have you. Maybe even a few good men. A few good men. Like there's obviously there's something there that makes those scripts crackle and that, you know, that puts it into like, you know, A plus territory as far as how good it is at doing the thing it's trying to do. This doesn't right. get to that level, but I still think it's on the path of being in that realm, which is a good place mm-hmm. to be when it comes to movies about people talking in offices. Um, and that's very much what this is, and I appreciated it. What I yeah. really like is again this cast, but not only just the cast, but the fact that it's it's a cast of people that are individually all like good people to add to your cast. Every one of these people is a person you'd be like, if you put that person in there, this movie gets better. Mm-hmm. And this is a movie that's full of all of those people combined, and it's great in that regard. I think Matt Damon's doing terrific work here playing every man. Um, is as real as his character may be, which he's played before, which he's played before, and he does it very well. But I think there is the extent that he has to put forward as far as convincing the Jordans to do the thing that they need to do, let alone you know pleading to the other people at Nike and whatnot. Matt Damon always makes things look easier than they are, and I think it's it's not. We were just talking about this last week, I think, with like Chris Pine and Dungeons and Dragons, where the straight guy role. That can be very boring if you don't have someone that knows how to do that well. And I think Agreed, Matt Damon's yeah. doing this very well here. And I would say the same about the rest of this cast as far as what they're responsible for. I think Bateman might be doing some of his career best work in this movie. He's really good, um, particularly for a monologue that he has to give and the way he's able to dial in on his his comedic sensibilities combined with what he does in drama. Uh, yeah. I think it's play. This is like the perfect kind of part for him to attack in that matter. We can talk about the rest of this cast, but I do like, I think all of these guys are just doing a really great job here. And then, yeah. and Viola Davis on the side as well is also wonderful as she right. tends to be. Yeah. And we certainly talk about them in a little bit uh, in just a tad second here, but I essentially just want to sort of um, summarize your thoughts and basically say, you know, it's pretty wild what you can do when you have a, a pretty good director and a pretty good cast. Sure. Um, and I think that really can take make your mileage go further than possibly what you even thought. I think that we've seen instances of this type of movie made, and we're still we're still going to see more of instances of this type of movie made. I mean, I think that there's like the we've seen it like with um what was the mop or what no. joy. Joy, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I wish the movie was called Mop. <laughs> no, yeah, we've seen it with like Joy. I think we're gonna see it with like the Cheetos movie, um, the Flamin' Hot Cheetos movie, and I think we're gonna see it uh, with so many other things. You've seen Tetris, I have not, um, but I think that it can actually be poorly done. And to your point, Alex Con- Convery, uh, he does like a pretty good Sorkin impression. He's not actually trying to 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 you no, know not- mimic. Yeah, at all. Like rat-a-tat dialogue. Right? Yeah, exactly. He's, yeah. he's not trying to do that, but he, he is trying to dig into that 
okay, well, let me create some compelling characters with some spicy dialogue, and they might have their own, they might have their own um, uh, monologue uh, to soapbox off for, from every now and again, which actually does really help elevate the movie. But again, just the the plain and simple fact is, what if you got some really good actors and actresses that were able to give serious performances in a a like an adult drama movie? And yeah. that is really the most compelling thing about this is that all of that comes together and works. And, you know, you mentioned, uh, I guess you mentioned off, off mic when we were doing the, the trailer talk about Marlon Wayans kind of just coming in for one scene. Marlon Wayans is a notable dramatic actor. He's done things that you and I have liked. And we're, we kind of just also wish that he would do more of that. Yeah. And that's like a, an example of, hey, let me get this guy who I know can act and have him do a, a, a scene in which it, it actually propels the the this character Sonny Vaccaro forward in his quest to try and sign Michael Jordan. Yeah. So yeah, simply put, like Ben Affleck, he did a smart thing. He's like, I'm gonna make a movie about yes, Michael Jordan being signing to this giant corporation. But at the same time, like let me just fill it with all these real actors and make it a uh, a movie about uh, that. Even though, like what you're saying, it's a pretty simple story, but uh, it's really just highlighted by everybody that's in it. What I think works here as far as Affleck's choices go, it's simple, but I still think there's there's more to it in a way where I don't like the balance it has to do between being a, you know, a crowd pleasing 80s set film and trying to approach something beyond just what the story is. I think the fact that it's not able to like fully push, like knock that out of the park. Um, that's what holds it back from being on the level of some of these like Sorkin movies we keep referencing. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's trying is is that that works for me quite well. I think that's why I still really like this movie. Like sure. I I think the the you know the entertainment quality obviously that's there, and then the fact that it's set in the eighties that gives it a certain kind of period aesthetic that it goes for. Yeah, we can debate whether or not the song choices or what have you are too obvious, but I do think there's something to that. I think that's part of the movie. Um, I, I think the the story it's trying to tell is about like balancing the American dream and like commercialism. Interesting. And, okay. And to do that, I like that there's so many like clips and things used of like popular commercials and products that you recognize and even brands that you see and the, and the, and the use of various music tracks that they go for and right. the pieces, uh, just piece of footage in general that you see. I think all of that's there for a, for very specific reasons. Like, I don't think it's just to there to like remind you of the eighties and be like, remember this, isn't this weird? I think no, yeah. the, the things you're seeing are products. And this is a movie about, you know, a company trying to, you know, bring a guy onto their brand and represent their product. I think that right. there's a deliberateness to what's being going, what's going on here. Now, again, if it was the best version of that possible, this would be a better movie. I still think this is a very good movie, but I do think sure. that, like, it, what, it, that's what I'm saying. I think Affleck is doing something here. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think that you and I are basically on the same page about how much we like this movie. I think you're like a shade more than I am. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree with you that I think Ben Affleck is too smart to be like, let me just make a movie about these guys that uh, signed Michael Jordan. It's like, no, that's not a compelling story. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way we, we've referenced Moneyball at least like three times already. Moneyball is about a losing organization and a losing manager that tries to uh, hijack the system and try and get its way to the World Series and win. And along the way, it loses. 
Like it's a movie about losing essentially. And that, that has a different redeeming quality to it of like, Oh, Hey, you know, I, I do see that uh, if you tried really hard and you tried to change the game, sometimes you can actually affect even more dramatic, massive change on the line. And this movie kind of it's, tapped it's, into that to some degree. It's, it's why little big league is better than rookie of the year. Uh, I forget little big league. Who's in that? Or they lose is the point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, you know, Aaron, whoever loses, we win. Or little whoever little wins, boy with a broken arm doesn't win them the World Series <laughs> like the fucking rookie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, this movie, Eric tries to tap into that at a few times. And I think that, you know, you can make whatever compelling reason you, that you can make. I, I definitely agree with you on, on certain elements of it. But yeah, ultimately, I, I'm uh, I'm on the same page of I think this movie does work, but it, it, it could work better uh, if it wanted to. But I don't think. I don't know if Ben was actually trying to go for that. I think there there certainly are elements of uh, everything that you talked about with, you know, 80 saturation and, and what have you. But um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, like, you know, I wasn't like feeling uh, incredible or, you know, super uh, caught up when I'm when I'm reading these postscript or these these uh, post movie on screen um, mini quips quotes about what happens to these characters later. You know what I mean? Sure. And I mean, I think the benefit of those things is just like, you know, not everybody knows these guys. So it's like it is nice to like see the positive associations with these people, because this is a film about ostensibly good people that work for massive corporations. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, (laughs) So it's so it's like, well, there's a way if there's a way to wrap this up. Yeah, it is nice to see like what did happen to Sonny Vaccaro, because for all I can see and that I've read about since he seems like a generally good guy. So it's like, all right, well, but I mean, the other thing it's tried to let me back up. The smartest thing sure. this movie does is not have Michael Jordan in it. That's the easily the smartest decision that Ben yeah. Affleck makes. And I think that's so obvious as to why, because you can't cast somebody as Michael Jordan in a movie where he's not the focus. The second you put right. anybody in to visualize Michael Jordan, the movie's the you know, the, the energy gets sucked that direction. It, right. it, it's not gonna help your movie. So I like yeah. that he's, you know, and it's not done like dumb as far as like when he's on screen, there's like a, you know, a giant plant in the way or something. It's like, no, it's smartly not angling at him or whatever. Or like, you know, it has to stand. I, I, I think at times I was actually thinking to myself, are they going to do the whole entire thing where like they just we just see like his lower half of his body and his hands and his parents are like all on screen. And so is Matt Damon and Ben yeah. Affleck. Yeah, but it's, it's not... just like half his body. It's like they don't do that. Yeah, it's not like you know, an adult in a Peanuts cartoon or Mark Strong in Sunshine where the camera just can't focus on him. Like, it's just, he's just not in the movie. Like, that's, um, right. Uh, so His presence like, is there. He's not in the movie. Yeah, because, and it makes sense. For one thing, I don't need, you know, a couple white guys to tell me the story of Michael Jordan. Uh, but, right. like, so, like, this makes it more sense. But that's the other thing. The fact that it's trying to balance, you know, this story with the fact that Beulah Davis has an entirely different agenda from whatever Sonny's up to one that makes plenty of sense and obviously, you know, works out in the long run. In yeah. And ways. that's kind of where I'm, uh, Viola Davis is very good in this movie. And, and that's kind of the, mm-hmm. I think the, uh, like that whole entire, like Moneyball sentiment of, we tried to change the game and we, we actually, even though we failed, we actually did change the game kind of thing. That's kind of where I think that they're wrapping up the, the strongest parts of Viola Davis is just, Hey, the player empowerment era, like right now in today's sports environment, the player empowerment era is huge. And Michael Jordan was, you know, a pioneer in that because of his contract that mm-hmm. does contractually say that he does get a percentage of every Jordan pair of Jordans sold. Um, and that has been huge. And you know, now people are their own brands. Like 
the only other person that has like their own shoe brand is Stephen Curry. Everybody else has like a signature line, like LeBron James and what have you. But again, like this is a huge thing. And and Viola Davis, like even the way that they framed it and shot it, which I do want to get back to the technical aspects of this movie too. Mm-hmm. But um, the way that they they shot the Viola Davis part where she's on the phone talking to Sonny about this, it's not a guarantee. And I really like that about it. Like she's almost playing her cards too, right? Um, and finally, like she lets this sigh of relief go. It's like, hey, by the way, like, you know, uh, I'm glad that we get this done because this is going to be a lot to not just like men and women growing up, but like little uh, uh, kids growing up as well. Uh, and it certainly has. Yeah, it's the it's the way it uses that sort of dramatic tension that makes it more interesting than it could have been, given again that we know a certain understanding of what's going to happen in this movie. Right. That's never like a fault of a movie as far as telling the story. There's plenty of movies where we know like an outcome to some degree, let alone yeah. just we watch movies so we just know how movies work. But the <laughs> the notion of this deal needing to go down, I like that there are wrinkles to it and they factor into like where this story goes and like how these negotiations happen. Like that's yeah, that's well done. And that's I mean that's good that's good writing. Like that's a to, you know, bring about stakes in a way that feel somewhat unexpected yeah um i want to get to some of the technical things here sure uh, that ben affleck is is asking his dp and is is entire crew to do there are really conscious choices that are being made in this movie and one of them is that he goes in tight on people when they're doing a monologue and i was like you know I like what you're doing here. I haven't really seen it a whole lot, but it also really gives actors a chance to shine. And he does this for Viola Davis. He does it for Ben Affleck. Um, and he also does it, I guess, to some degree for himself as the Phil Knight thing. And the other thing that I thought that he really did a good job of, I should sorry, Chris Tucker as well. But the other thing he does a really good job of is like he actually like lets scenes breathe in a way that I haven't seen a whole lot of like dra- uh, dramatic uh, movies do in a while. Like this used to be done more like in the 80s uh, and maybe like the 90s where if you have a scene partner, they're just both there and talking like there's no need for you to go in post-production and figure out like what, you know, Jason Bateman is saying versus like uh, the scene that he's actually in when he's talking to to um, uh, Matt Damon or what have you. And the scene I'm, t- I'm thinking about more in particular is the scene with Marlon Wayans where he does like a rack focus and he just like stays on them for you know, at least like 10 seconds, but it's, it's these conscious choices that just really help propel a story because like what Aaron and I have said, this is not a very deep movie. And these people are not like the most compelling characters per se, but because of what they're trying to accomplish within the time span of this, it does make it very entertaining. I'll note that the film shot by Robert Richardson, who, you know, won multiple Academy Awards and has worked with all the big directors, Scorsese, well, there you Tarantino. Go. Um, I believe he worked on Affleck for his previous, I, I want to say at least Argo. Not the, uh, the night, the night, uh, we own the night. Live by, li- live by night. Oh yeah. He did well, do live by night. He didn't do Argo. Um, okay. So, but yes, it's a, it, it, it's a little surprising to me that it's a good looking movie, but all the same, it is a good looking movie. I agree. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as far as what Affleck's doing, like I mentioned like, you know, his use of the way he's kind of putting in 80s stuff in a way that I think is deliberate, which I is appreciated. I will say that I think the most effective direction that's going on in my movie that's not very flashy by design because it's not that kind of movie is the whole pitch meeting sequence, specifically when Matt Damon gives this very big speech uh, to the Jordans 
um about like yeah. why he should best be scene in the like, movie why he should be a nike yeah it is the best scene in the movie and it's yeah. it's not it's a combination of everything it's the fact that matt damon's doing a great job it's a well-written speech and it's the editing choices is how we're yeah. seeing the things that matt damon's talking about without getting into exactly what happens i do think it's a very right. clever way to portray what it is that damon's trying to communicate and how that reflects on reality um and that's i i thought that was just really great like just yeah incredible speech like that you know i do my i do my top movie moments at the end of the year list every year and it's like this is an in contention one easily the speech scene yeah um there is an element of this in moneyball 2 which still gives me like um chill moment it's like a chill moment type of vibe and when you're seeing that moment in the uh when the Oakland A's are going on their hot streak and they're winning and Bob Costas is doing the audio and then they're intersplicing scenes from like 1920s baseball kind of thing. It's incredible. And this movie does something similar too. And you know, not to harp too much on, on what we just talked about, but Aaron brought up an astute point, which is like, we know what happens. You know, we are living in the now, which is their future. So we know what happens. So for them to be like Let's let's hold the audience's suspense about like whether Michael Jordan signs with Nike would be a ridiculous thing to do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I think that moment works is because of just everything that does happen and they are able to take really bold steps. Like Alex is take is able to take a bold step and write what he get what he gets to write in a very dramatic way. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I, I really enjoy that moment too, because I think that there's also this flailing, flailing moment part, because I thought, oh, well, maybe Jason Bateman did a, a knockout job on his part of the presentation. And it's just like, you know, it's not doing great. And then all of a sudden, like, my, Matt Damon just steps up. So, yeah. What should I ask you? Ask me why I'm in Wilmington, North Carolina. Why are you in Wilmington, North Carolina? Because I believe in your son. I believe he's different. And I believe you might be the only person on earth who knows it. That's why I'm in Wilmington, North Carolina. All right, Mr. Picaro, thank you for coming. Let's talk about these actors a little bit more. Sure. Um, you've already mentioned Marlon Wayans a couple times. So I'm going to go off in in the same direction first because I do think uh, Marlon Wayans is quite good here. And props to his agents because he is fourth build. And has one scene in this movie. <laughs> so good oh, on him. Oh, wow. Yeah, good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, he probably, uh, his agent probably tried to get him the and Marlon Wayans part, but they're like, no, you're not gonna you're not gonna get that. Um it's it's it is it's a very good scene that he's in though. I like what I mean, and he's you know he's playing a real person where based the, off a real character, yeah, yeah. yeah where the person. things he's yeah. talking about happened. So it's like I get why that's important to have in there. And I like the fact that. You know, Marlon Wayne's an actor that, yes, I like quite a bit. I think every time he's around and it's not one of his like big broad comedies, not that I think those are all terrible, but most of them aren't my thing. I do think he's an effective actor. So it's like, yes, please put him in more like mainstream stuff. He deserves these. Things. He's good. He's good at what he does. He's stuck around and just be he's a solid character actor. Mm-hmm. But um, outside of him and we've talked about like Matt Damon to an extent, like this whole like group is great, but like. What yeah, the vibes jo- are immaculate. What a joy it is to see Chris Tucker in a movie. <laughs> like this is such a agree. Yeah, he's such a welcome presence here, and I like how he's you know he's playing a person. He's playing you know he's not a cartoon character, so it's not you know super rapid talking all the time and everything. He's just playing. He's playing the person like he'd be played, where he still has that 
Tucker's sense of humor. It's just dialed down like a degree because that makes more sense in the movie like this. But right. every time he's on screen, like I'm just having a great time, a big smile on my face. Like it's just great to see him here. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same boat. Uh, the Chris Tucker performance. It, the last time we saw him in a serious role, uh, he was like that weird friend or like weird guy. He was in Silver Linings Playbook. That that's the one. That's the one where he's yeah. like another patient. Essentially, he keeps escaping from the the rehab center. Yeah. Um, and he also has a small role in Billy Lynn's How Long Halftime Walk, but it's less notable. That I don't remember. But, not, I yeah. mean, there's a lot of people in that movie that you probably don't yeah. remember. Steve, Steve Martin's, Martin's in, in that it. movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but that is Silver Lights Club is what I'm thinking of where he's he is giving a dramatic performance, but you're also just, he'd come off of Rush Hour and the in the Rush Hour series and he'd kind of gone through some things. Michael Jackson had passed away. He he was really good friends with Michael Jackson. So there was like a lot of things that were going on with Chris Tucker and and to see him there was just like, oh, is, is he turning over a new leaf? And and in this movie, I think they appropriately use him. There is some good comedy that he has, but he also has to play this character that is a fairly serious person as well. Um, and I really enjoyed seeing Chris Tucker just bring it. Um, you were teasing me about Chris Messina uh, last week <laughs> off mic. And I was like, well, don't tell me more because, you know, I like Chris Messina when he's like a goofball, but I also think that he can bring some good acting chops. And he is like right in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he he might be like my favorite character actor in this movie, aside from the two leads, which I'm, I guess are Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. But Chris Messina is is incredible in this as uh, as an agent. Uh, I forget what his name is. Um, David Falk. David Falk, uh, one of the most famous yeah. sports agents. There you go. Yeah. So he's incredible as David Falk, just screaming into a phone and just, you know, puffing his chest up. It is so fun to see him, but he's taking it very seriously as well. Yeah, no, he's great in this movie. He it, it, he is. It's, it's so much fun to like, especially because of the energy to share between him and Damon, where Damon is not nearly as intense as Chris Messina is, obviously, like that's not the character he's playing. So like seeing those back and forth go. It's just a lot of fun. Like the movie knows how to harness its comedy quite well uh-huh. while still like existing in reality. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, yeah. nothing feels out of place as far as what's going on. It's just, you know, it's maybe heightened a bit, but it's still like tracks as to why there's anger coming off of one side of the phone. <laughs> like there's, it's just good stuff. <laughs> um, the, uh, the humor that you're talking about here. I know that it wasn't really, it, it might've been inadvertent humor, but you know, when Ben Affleck is just jogging through the seat, through the streets of what is supposed to be Portland, Oregon, uh-huh. and it's set to a track and he's just thinking about what he's going to do with this deal. And um, like, I don't know why I laughed at that. It's just like, it's just the back of Ben Affleck just jogging and it's just ridiculous, but Hey, it works. It's fine. Affleck in this movie, like is fine. Like I do, like, I don't think he's bad at all. Like, I like it, Ben Affleck in this movie. I think, I think I, in large part it's because it's because it's a very small role. Um, and he gets to like be big and small in this role. What I, what I like is that he has to play Phil Knight. Who's a character <laughs> like his whole sure. Zen Buddhist vibe that he has. Like Ben Affleck has to kind of play this. And it's like, what I like about it is like on the one hand, he can play that up as far as, you know, having these words of wisdom he wants to share or whatever, but he can also show like a sense of worry um, that I think comes across well, as far as like, like when they're trying to set up like the meeting with Jordan and 
they're debating like when he should come in or why. Like he, there's an there's right. an insecure there's an insecurity to the way he plays Phil Knight that I appreciated. That's like kind of yeah. just just under the surface where it's like on his best day he's great because he's obviously done really well for himself. But there's also right. like just a little hint of what if it doesn't go well? And I think right. he knows how to tap into that effective enough. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, what do you think so... of Bateman? I already mentioned Bateman. What do you think of Bateman? I I like him. I didn't love him necessarily. I think that he does have that that effective monologue sequence uh, about um, why he works at Nike and how it has affected his life. Which, to some degree, if you if you were to zoom out, you're just like you're basically just telling me that, that you're gonna buy Nikes is like an ad. Um, but I I like him. I I definitely hear what you're saying. Where um, I've seen him in things like Arrested Development and uh, like one episode of Ozark and. So I've seen like some of his range, but I like that this is neither of those. This is not a dry humor um, guy. He does have like some quips here and there, but in large part, he's actually playing it pretty straight. Um, and even when his introduction is there, where they're kind of meeting in the bathroom, mm-hmm. that's the extent of it. The rest of it is actually just Jason Bateman being fairly quiet. And I again, I, I told you earlier, like, I thought that he was going to knock out his presentation because he was just like, hey, we've got my my guys have been working on this video for for the Jordan meeting, and it doesn't go well. Um, and they they do have to like add add lib it to some degree. So I liked him, but I I don't know if I thought it was like his best work. I haven't seen maybe some of his best work. I I think he's doing a lot of a little, and he's coming mm-hmm. off of Ozark, you know, his big yeah multi Emmy winning his, right right multi Emmy winning series, Oscar. which I think is. It's it's quite entertaining, um, but it's like sure. sir, it's the darkest possible thing. <laughs> so it's yeah, like seeing him being a little lighter is uh is nice. Um, and again, it's not you know it's not overtly hilarious in the same way that like Chris Tucker's not overtly <laughs> hilarious or Ben Affleck, sure. you know, like it's because it's a movie set in the real world. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah, I just I appreciated what he was offering here because it's you're not wrong. It's there's not much. None of these are much of a character because they're just yeah exactly just yeah. business guys there's not some right. giant arc they need to go on they're not learning and, life and lessons definitely like not knocking that at all right it, yeah. it's um certainly there um I, did you notice jay moore in the movie yes i did because i well for one thing i saw his name popped up in the credits i'm like where's jay moore gonna be he's like oh there he is so and then someone ate jay yeah. moore apparently but yeah. it took me the second the second scene of of uh the germany stuff to to recognize jay moore i think it's uh, probably because I, I zoom in on him <laughs> I think it's because I just watched a couple old movies with Jay Moore, so he was already like in my mind. So I was like, "Oh, there he uh-huh. is!" <laughs> so yeah. I just didn't really. I was like, watch... "Oh, he's kind of back to like his Jerry Maguire days, kind of, but not really." So... And also, you know, much larger. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So it, was... it happens. <laughs> what? But that was that's what threw me off. Though, was like, is he just big now, or is he like? Did they did they make him? Did big? they did they make him? <laughs> did they big? pad him up. Like... They asked him to put on thirty pounds because it seems like such a weird like. Why is he in this movie? Like he has. Sure. you know a scene or two and he doesn't do much so it's like right. this is a weird yeah. casting choice <laughs> like to just have um but regardless yeah he's, i certainly saw him yeah uh, just I like agree. i saw i saw the other scars guard gustav scars guard who who goose the other brother there's four there's four scars guard brothers he's the um is he the he's, he's one the, of like he's, he's in the middle he's yeah. he's younger than alexander he's older than bill and um volter scars even... the youngest scars guard <laughs> How? Oh my gosh! Like you've just confused me. I'd have was like, "Who's Walter?" So, no, you're, um, you're not. You're not ready for Walter. 
Yeah, it's like, I don't think the world is ready for Volter. No one's ready for Volter, <laughs> but he's coming, let me tell you. Yeah, he's on uh, I want to hear more of your thoughts on Viola Davis, because I've, I've talked to her about her for quite a bit, but um, I know you talk, briefly chatted about her. What did you think of, of her? She steps on a... the scene and she dominates the movie. Like, you know, she only has a couple scenes where she needs to be around, like, heavily. But, like, she comes in here and, you know, I don't know... I, I haven't seen like Michael Jordan's mother in real life like all that often. Yeah, like, I don't she's have, very like, a, petite. Yes, that's that's one of my takeaways. But like I don't have a, you know a giant impression of of her, despite how you know much of an impact that she has made herself on the world, like which is impressive. Uh, right. But Viola Davis is certainly like making it her own, and I really like those negotiations and discussions uh, that she has with with uh, Matt Damon. What I like is that they're not adversarial at all. There's very much a sense of respect between them. Uh, mm-hmm. And Viola Davis is not out to, you know, out scam somebody or, you know, just like call somebody like on their bullshit. She's a person that, you know, wants to hear, you know, someone's come here. I want to hear them out. And the way sure. she presents that is, you know, very genial and very respectful. Um, right. And it's 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 exactly what it needs to be as far as there's all these guys over here with all this money or what have you. And you have one person that they need to talk to. And she needs to be, you know, authoritative without sending demanding or, you know, scolding or anything like that. She needs to just be like a person that happens to want to look out for her son and want to get, a you know, a, the best deal possible. And yeah. I think she you know, does, does that the way it needs to be done for a movie like this. Right. Uh, is this going on any of your top 10, top 15 lists so far for the year? I mean, by default, because I, <laughs> because like it's, I think it's very good and there's only okay. so many movies that I, you know, concern myself with. But sure. Even then, like I keep a running list just for the sake of it at this point, because it's easy to, you know, just do. Um, yeah. And then two months from now, I'll put together my best of the year so far list or whatever. But like, you know, I'm not, I don't look at movies this way as far as like, you know what Oscars are going to win or whatnot. No, no. I mean, I also we're like we're way too early. Yeah, we're like a we, month yeah. removed from the Oscars. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, exactly. We just we just got out of Oscar season. I don't even yeah. go back into it. <laughs> like, yeah. like it. But it. I mean, it's better than a lot of the things I've seen this year, and I've seen a okay. lot. So I mean, I'm yeah. you know I'm hauling that. But yeah, I I'd be surprised if it sticks around by the end of the year. But who knows? Sure. You know, I like this movie. I would one, not be the yeah. one time I've we'll, seen. We'll it. see what like, happens. So. Right. But no, it's good. Well, movie. I think we did it, man. We we talked about air. I'm also give, give me more Damon and Affleck together. They're always fun. We just I got, agree. We just got yeah. it in the in the last night. You know, we, a, a year the, ago, uh, the last uh, duel. The, the last, last sorry, the last duel. What's the last night? Yeah. Is that even a movie? I have no idea. That's probably Martin so. Lawrence's next project. The la- <laughs> it's a legacy. Scene. Uh, it's a it's a follow up to the Black Knight. The last. <laughs> oh, it's Transformers. What the fuck? <laughs> Transformers. The last night. <laughs> oh, the one with the uh, yeah, the one with uh, Oscar well, they have the Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. The one, the one with two time Academy Award winner Anthony Hopkins. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um but, but yeah no, I, yeah I, these guys are so much fun like these the scenes they have here i like that there is so much casualness between them you know like and, and it really does feel as though like they're again because they have been friends for such a long time like when they are having to do arguing on the screen mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure that they are you know it feels more authentic because I'm, I'm sure that they know which buttons to push for each other as well sure yeah 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 if they're you know Producing movies together and they're going to occasionally star in them together. Cool. I'm all for that. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, also, uh, did you like, sorry, we didn't talk about this at all. Yeah. The shoe. Did you like the whole like designing the shoe aspect of this movie? Oh, we we forgot about our, 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 guy. our guy, Matthew Mayer. Yeah. We, <laughs> we did talk Mayer. about the designing of the Air Jordan. Matthew Mayer 
he is also uh, almost on, he's not on Viola Davis's level um, of uh, of kind of like sweeping the movie and maybe being the MVP of it. But he comes a close like second or third. He's very and, good for what he has. To yeah. Those scenes where he's up there, like that's the that's some of the more compelling stuff of just, you know, this is a very uh, abstract idea. And if you were to show me this movie, I would get it, which is to say, like, what if you had this guy who was crazy about thinking about shoes and only shoes and had him design the shoe for uh, the best basketball, best basketball player in the world? You know what I mean? Like, that's actually very pretty interesting. But, yeah, I, I love that Matthew Mayer comes in. You know, he gives you, like, he plays, like, 15 minutes, but he throws up, like, 20 points. It's pretty great. It's a pretty good performance from him. Yeah. No, I just... Again, it's just this like just just roster of character actors that just come in and crush what they're doing. Like it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I as one that's not like verse in the world of Air Jordans, um, I it was a good looking shoe. It's a good looking <laughs> shoe, and and also there there's like a lot of the little Easter egg type things with it, which is you know if they're going to pay the fine. So there's actually a pair of Jordans where. Um, the insoles or the outsoles say banned on them. And uh-huh. this is sort of related to that. So again, because the NBA was like, we will, we kind of want all white shoes. Uh, and they're just like, no, this is, this is how we're going to do things. So Jordan does have a pair of Jordan ones that say banned on them. They're, they're, the, they're called the band Jordans. They look which, exactly like the, the shoe, which is pretty neat. Like I, you know, I, I get that this movie's not like, you know, the, the sequence of events are dramatized to varying degrees, sure. of course, because it's not a documentary. But I like that there are facts in here that I just legit don't know and that that I found intriguing as far as things yeah. like the fact that, yeah, I, did, I didn't realize that there was a whole thing about, you know, having to have, you know, white shoes uh, yeah. for NBA rules and stuff like that. Like, that's neat info. That was, yeah. Uh, can I can I uh, go into like Nerd Corner for a second? Yes. So nerd corner for a second for me is just I I really love basketball and I love sports in general. Um, but there's really really great stuff about Michael Jordan that uh, you watched the Last Dance last year or it was I guess it was two years. I ago, still yet to see the Last Dance actually. What? Uh huh. Academy Award winning Last Dance. Um, it didn't win an Academy you... Award. <laughs> yeah. The the OJ was... movie won the Academy Award, but. <laughs> Yeah, but um, there's uh, I've I followed Michael Jordan for his whole career. He was around when we were growing up, and he Heard he's basically on the same timeline as us, right? So you know, really cool things when they're in those pitch meetings with Converse, and they're saying things like, "You can be right there with Magic Johnson and Larry Bird," and mm-hmm. that's something that Michael really wanted. Like Michael really wanted to be known as a great basketball player like Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, who were like, you know, four or five years ahead of him kind of thing. So the previous class. And, you know, it, it's great to hear these kinds of pitches from uh, these shoe companies uh, in this movie particularly, just because it did mean a lot for Michael uh, to do that. But then, you know, you, you get these pitches and, and whatever else. So to hear like these little things about Michael Jordan's career, how he thought of himself, and again, just seeing like archival footage and whatever else that comes with it, it, it does make it for a very compelling story. So that's why I think I um, uh, I really dug that aspect of it. And I really dug like the money ball aspect of it. And if I were to make a movie, which maybe we'll see like in the next like 10, 15 years, <laughs> this is a sport movie like this is something that I would definitely love to to try my hand at. Right. Whether it be a, a documentary or maybe whether it be like some sort of small indie movie like this would. This stuff is really fun and compelling. 
I agree. And this is actually part of it leads to a feedback question we'll have in our next episode. What? But um, no, I, I, you know, the way of handling a sports movie in this manner, I do think is quite effective. And yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I'm, you know, we we all love sports, Abe, all of us equally. But um, I, yeah. I do think the portrayal of yeah Adidas and got like you know just the way they're showing the other brands like what they and what Matt Damon like knows about them already i thought that that's fun stuff and also like sure. just neat to see as far as you know what these companies know about each other and what to expect like that's yeah. that, that's that's cool like nitty gritty stuff that they get into right well air well whew. it's in theaters now when yeah. do people go see air yeah to me this is still a theater movie even though i think like it's kind of like a, a giant ad for nike and kind of like a to some degree a, a movie about nothing um but yeah, it's still a theater movie for the vibes alone. No, it's you know if you if you want like more enjoyable dramas uh, on screen, watch this movie. <laughs> like it does. Sure. Yeah. It, it's the kind of thing that you should be supporting if you want to get more stuff like this. Like the whole purpose yeah. of Affleck and Damon making their new production company is like we want to like make movies for adults again um, that <laughs> that don't need to be you know cost direct multi- to streaming or that, that or that don't have to cost multi hundreds of millions of dollars and be about ip even though this is not nike um to in order to <laughs> get people to theaters we want to make movies for theaters again and i i they brought me to the theater with this and i was quite happy with it so yeah all right well air cool we did we it we did it yeah well, I look forward to you buying me a pair of Jordans uh, just for, uh, you know, shits and giggles. Yeah, I'll get right on that with my big boy dollars. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, well, that's it. <laughs> that's our night's episode. <laughs> um, yeah, it's nice. We don't need to do anything official. This, this is how we do it. <laughs> this, yeah. this is how we do it. Um, Good our, job. Our podcast, you can find it everywhere. Everywhere you can find podcasts. iTunes, though. Everywhere. That's a good place, yeah. to, read. That's a good place to leave ratings, reviews. Uh, follow us on all the socials and all that. Uh, we're on Twitter and things. There's show notes. You'll find all this stuff. Yeah. Um, Hashtag yeah. he got game. Ex- yeah, and I got game, and you got game, Abe, and we got game because <laughs> I got game. Um, all right, <laughs> that's uh, that's gonna do for this night's episode. Uh, we'll be uh back uh, with our next episode for Super Mario Brothers the movie. Um, sorry, the Super Mario Brothers movie, not to be confused for the 1993 film Super Mario Brothers the movie. Um. <laughs> Yeah. So, all that said, till next time, so long. Thank you, bye. Let me go out.